uh, on tonight. And uh, we have three uh, main focus questions that we want to deal with uh, on tonight. And, uh, and we're not going to start with the order that was given uh, to our panelists. We're, we're going to mix it up uh, somewhat uh, on, on tonight. And uh, we want you to perhaps get your pencil and pad and uh, take notes tonight. And maybe after uh, this particular event, you can go back and, and, and look at what you wrote, look at what they have spoken on, uh, on, uh, on tonight. The first question uh, I want to ask, well, let me give you a rundown of the questions first. Uh, one of the questions we will be dealing with uh, on tonight is how to reach a millennial generation, a millennial generation. Uh, tonight, we're going to deal uh, with that question. Uh, another question would be, what do you say to a Christian who is fearful of this current pandemic? Then another question we want to deal with tonight is how to encourage our seasoned seniors to stay strong against COVID uh, disease uh, on tonight. Uh, let's, let's start with the middle one that was asked first. Uh, what do you say to a Christian who is fearful of this current pandemic? And I say current pandemic because pandemics is nothing new, right? I mean, this is not the first pandemic that ever hit planet Earth. Uh, and so what do you tell Christians concerning the pandemic what do you do uh, what do you say to a christian who is just crippled by this pandemic let's start off uh with brother Kiefer jack tonight brother jack well brother Vils, the first thing i like uh about that question and first i want to just thank you thank the elders of the hollywood street church of christ for this opportunity uh to be with you tonight i'm humbled and honored by that uh invitation that you've extended and it's always good to see my good friend brother uh, Wilson as well, just to be with both of my friends. It's what a, what a time. But uh, to answer the question, the first thing I like to say is I, I like the fact that it's qualified by Christian because I could speak to a Christian. The question is, uh, what do you say to a Christian? If it was a fool, I'd have a difficult time. Uh, it's even hard. The Bible teaches us that it's hard to even get a fool to uh, believe there is a God, according to Psalms 14. Uh, so I'm speaking to Christians. The first thing I would say is that fear if you look at that word fear, afraid, you'd have to go all the way back to uh, Genesis chapter three and see that uh, fear originates in the garden as a result of disobedience. And it's and, it, and Adam, he goes and he hides himself from God when he hears God walking in the cool of the day. And when God is walking in the cool of the day, it's like Adam and Eve, they're hearing his voice, it says, God is walking in the cool of the day. They heard his voice. It's like his voice was everywhere. And so they hid because they were naked. Well, Adam was asked, where was he? It wasn't that God didn't know where he is because God knows everything. But he wanted Adam to understand that there's a state he's in now that's different from where he's been. He's, he's violated a relationship and he's disrupted harmony. And the Adam said, this is Adam's response. I heard you, your voice. And I hid because I was afraid. Why was he afraid? He was afraid because it was no longer, he no longer saw God like he needed to see God. So I say to the Christian, the first thing that we need to realize, we've got to trust God. That's first and foremost. We've got to trust God according to Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 3 through 5. And I like the latter part of verse 5. It says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. 
and he will direct your path. See, God will direct our path. Even through uh, this pandemic, we need to trust God. So, Brother Vilts, I would say to the Christian, trust God. I know you're listening to CNN, but trust the Lord. Amen. Amen, Brother Jack. I appreciate that very much. Uh, that was some good stuff you gave uh, us on that, uh, to trust to trust the Lord. And uh, as you talked about Adam, you know, Adam was was hiding. Anytime you start hiding from God, you, you're going in the wrong mm -hmm. direction. And so uh, we appreciate that so very much, uh, those thoughts on fear. Uh, but E.L. Wilson, do you have any uh, anything to add to that tonight? Uh, or or, or how, how you want to deal with that tonight? Well, brothers, let me first express my uh, humble and sincere appreciation to you guys uh, there at the Hollywood Street Church in, in Baton Rouge. And it's also good to be with, uh, I don't call many people my friends, but I can mm -hmm. truly say that you guys are, are real friends indeed. <clears throat> so it's good to be with you all tonight. Brother Jack, we, we had a short conversation before we <laughs> went live at he said, well, you know, we do think alike. And yes, we do, because he went to Genesis 3. And uh, that's what I wanted to talk about just shortly. When you talk about uh, how one looks at scripture and how one interprets scripture, there's something called uh, the law of first mention. And this is where, as Brother Jack said, that uh, fear originated out of the garden. Mm -hmm. uh, when Adam and Eve disobeyed, but let's 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 get a working definition, if you will, for that word fear, and then we can operate from that definition. Because many people don't know what fear is, so let's let's get a working definition. Uh, according to uh, Merriam-Webster, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. It says fear is a distressing distressing emotion aroused by impending danger. Mm. Evil or pain. Now, here it is. It says, whether the threat is real or imagined. And I want to add to what Brother Jack said in reference to Adam and Eve. The devil, when he had the conversation with, with Eve, uh, I want to add that he wasn't he wasn't necessarily after Eve, but he was after Adam mm -hmm. uh, because the command was given to Adam, not Eve. But <clears throat> so he brought something to Eve's attention that she had never really paid any attention to. He said, uh, had God not said that if you, eat of the fruit, you, you know, he said, you will not, you know, you will not surely die. Mm -hmm. And so he, he brought something to her attention that she wasn't necessarily paying attention to. And that's what the devil does. And this mm -hmm. is why I wanted to get a working definition because when you look at what we as a society is dealing with in regards to the pandemic, mm -hmm. we first need to realize that uh, there are people who have legitimate concerns. Mm -hmm. They may not think it's a fear, but uh, it, it, it probably is. There are people who have legitimate reasons to be fearful. 
And let me just preface my comments by saying before I go further that there is there's not necessarily anything wrong in and of itself with being fearful. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to let, let, let people understand that fear is a natural reaction that God gives us as human beings. We are human beings. We, we have those certain uh, emotional you know, states that we go through every now and then. But as Brother Jack said, that there, you know, we have to trust God. And then I want to add to it that uh, for the Christian, as he so eloquently stated, that there is a hope for the Christian. See, now we were talking about, you know, non-Christian, that's a different, uh, you know, context. But for the Christian, there, there is hope. And so, you know, we come up with all these fancy cliches, Brother Viltz. You know, we have to have uh, faith over fear, you know, Christ over Corona and, you know, all those fancy cliches, but we have to get to a point to let people know that it's all right to be fearful, but there, there, there is hope in, in, in Christ. And so I just want to give you one, one point. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 27, when Jesus concluded his sermon on the mount, he said that the winds came and the, the floods came, the winds blew and beat up on the, house, the first house, the first house fell. And the next uh, house, it didn't, it didn't fall because it was built on a you know, solid foundation. Mm -hmm. And so the chapter concludes by saying that when, when the multitude heard, they were amazed because Jesus taught as one having authority. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just want to tell those who are listening tonight, that one way to, you know, face your fears during this pandemic is to stand on the foundation that you have established. You know, and that that's of course that's a part of trusting and having and having hope in in Christ. And so uh, that that's very important. But we need to understand that you know fear is a real thing. Yeah, it's real. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that uh, so very much tonight, uh, Bill Wilson, and also uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, for, let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me kind of spin off what you guys uh, said uh, right quick. Like, I don't want to leave this question right now. Uh, let's just kind of, just kind of get comfortable in your seat with that. Uh, and one of the things I think we need to be clear on is that we do not want to operate out of fear. At one point, it's, it's all right to be fearful because fear is a, is a part of our emotional being and, 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 and state. So fear is natural, as Brother Wilson said, it's natural. You know, you bring a king cobra, you know, in my bed, I'm, 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 I'm leaving the bed and the wife, right? Because that's a natural fear. Now, when I get out of the house, now I may come back in, and remind myself I left the wife, but it's a natural fear, right? It's a natural fear. So fear is a natural thing, but the danger of it, and I want you guys' opinion on what I'm saying, is do not operate and allow fear to consume because once it consumes you, it controls you. So I don't want fear to dominate me, but I want to operate off of, off of faith. The reason why I'm saying this Data shows that 20 to 
of, uh, of churches are meeting now. And that's not just Church of Christ. We're talking about the religious realm, right? So uh, let's deal with that to a certain extent. You know, there are people who are not coming out on Sunday. Now, there are different views on that. Some people say, well, you know, worship is all right online and uh, you, you don't have to go mm -hmm. to the building and, and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, in which I disagree with some of that stuff. But uh, the, the thing about it is, how do we see this with this pandemic? Because we're talking about the pandemic and folks are saying, well, because of the pandemic, you know, I do not have to go to the physical, you know, social fellowshipping, spiritual fellowshipping. I'm all right at the house. And the reason being is because of the pandemic, which keeps me here and, and I feel comfortable at the house, uh, you know, with, with this pandemic, how does God look at this thing uh, as it relates to fear and God wanting us to operate out of faith in the face of a pandemic? How do you guys see that thing? How, you, you know, how do, how do you see this thing? Uh, and then any one of you guys can go first, whichever one who's ready to pull the trick. Well, I, I, I believe <clears throat> that there's another element to to this whole phenomenon, and that is the enemy, the devil. You know, he he, he has a role to play in this as well. Mm -hmm. And so what he does is, you know, like he did with even a garden, he he brings stuff to people's attention that they never really paid attention to in the first place. Yeah. And so this is what he's doing now with, with this pandemic. You know, I believe, you know, and I've, 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 I've thought about this thing and I've uh, looked at it from many different aspects. Mm -hmm. You know, if, <laughs> if we can go everywhere else, mm -hmm. then, you know, the virus is in Walmart. The virus is at your workplace. It's, it's everywhere. So... <laughs> You know, just simply, simply stated, if, if we can go everywhere else mm -hmm. for four or five hours, then yeah, you know, I believe we can. We now, now you know, my mind is, is all over. You know, mm -hmm. we, we cannot say that worship is conformed to a building because it's not. But right. we 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 have conformed worship to a building in this pandemic because we say, well, I can't, I can't go. To church, I'm gonna stay home, and and at the same time, you're still going everywhere else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. it I I don't believe that Christians should put everywhere else above actually going to to well, let, let me say the church building because if you can go one place, you can go another place. Yeah, yeah. And so, what fear has done, it has paralyzed our cognitive, our spiritual cognitive ability to realize that if we're going to trust God, then like we trust God to go to Walmart and Albertsons, hmm. amen, somebody. You know, we can be in church for 30, 45 minutes or, or, or hour. That's right. just my, that's my, you know. That's, yeah. Those are, yeah, they, they, they open so many, so many other doors that I, I really yeah. want to open. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, that, 
got good, good, good words, but what's not appreciated. But Jack, you got anything to add to that before we move on to the next question? Well, I think Brother Wilson uh, eloquently stated it. The only thing I would I'm, I would say is Second uh, Timothy one verse seven: uh, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Yeah. See, that's 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 the uh, thought that needs to to be um, considered in all of this is, am I operating under and from the spirit of fear? Now, when I had gone to Genesis, real quickly, when I had gone to Genesis, I was just showing that prior to the disobedience and prior to the sin, that fear was only towards what God said. It was God's word, as we mentioned, that the foundation of truth and the command, the law, kept um, man, humanity, in yeah. place, Adam and Eve. It was the law. Right. And just for us today, it's the law <laughs> that we are mindful of when we get in our cars and we're driving 80 yeah. in a 70. Yeah. And we're looking to see if there's anybody in the trees. Uh, it, it's the law that we respect or should respect, right? So, yeah. but when it's the fear, we don't want to operate from phobia. We don't want to have a phobia, as Brother Wilson said, that paralyzes us. Where we're no longer the people of God. Yes, fear is a part of our makeup. Mm -hmm. God told his servants in the Old Testament a number of times. Joshua, who with Caleb said, look, we can take them. I know that the children of Anak, they look like giants and we look like grasshoppers. That, that was the report that came back from the heads of the tribes, yeah. right? But that same Joshua, God had to remind him, said, look, Moses is dead. My servant Moses is dead. But you don't be afraid. Yeah. I don't want you to be afraid. Right. Then think about the Apostle Paul real quickly. The Apostle Paul. Think about the Apostle Paul. Jesus had to come to him. Right. Right. And say, don't be afraid. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, so recognize the fear, but don't let the fear control us. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good, fellas. I, I appreciate that which leads right into the next question that we want to address uh, tonight, and that is how to encourage our senior citizens to stay strong against COVID. Uh, and, uh, and as we already stated, fear is real. COVID is real. That's one thing we want to understand. COVID is real. We're not lightening the disease, the virus, or the virus that brings the disease, we're not lightening that. It's real. But God is real. All right? And COVID might bring fear, but don't operate out of fear. Operate, operate out of faith. And, uh, and, and I may mention some time ago, you know, it's one thing to quote these scriptures. We walk by faith mm. and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. That's easy to quote when you ain't got no pressure on you. But when you got pressure on you, you're, you, see, you follow me? So, so, so what do we say to, to our seasoned citizens who, who are dealing with COVID, it's real to them, they see other seniors getting sick, some die. What do you say to a child of God as we already established the subject matter of a Christian, what do you say to them who are who really love the Lord, and we're talking about seniors. So a number of them have been in the church 40, 50 years. 
So if you've been in the church 40, 50 years, and then boom, all of a sudden COVID comes, you know, how do you deal with that? You know? So what do we say to our seniors? How do we encourage uh, our seniors as they deal with this COVID disease? Jack? Well, Brother Vince, what I would say is, uh, like you mentioned, they've, our senior citizens are they're the real soldiers that have been in the trenches. They're the real soldiers that have, have been, um, you know, on the grind for many years, putting in that labor, putting in that time. So the last place they want to be hindered from being able to uh, be is assembling themselves with the saints. So I would say to the senior citizens, First of all, adhere to the CDC guidelines because you're a high risk. You've, you've got to consider your health above all. Uh, it's not a matter or a question of your faith. It's not a, uh, a matter or a question. Hopefully it's not. And I, I don't believe it is with our seniors because they're, they're, they're the ones that you can count on for the most part. They're the ones you can count on. They've been with you. So... I would just, what I would do with the seniors is just continue to help to bridge that gap, the mm -hmm. gap of communication, the gap of connectedness, um, have some uh, opportunities for them to interact, uh, certainly give them a call, certainly send them a card. I mean, we're not far, we're not, we're not removed from a card. We could still send the card through the mail. I know that that's kind of like dinosaur now, but, but that touches them and lets, and lets them know that they're, you know, they're still thought of because let's face it, the seniors are at very high risk. So they have to be mindful of their health as they uh, move about uh, young, young people in the church and young people in the world, they could get COVID and they could bounce back. May not necessarily be the same for the seniors. So I would, one, I would, I would encourage them to adhere to CDs uh, CDC uh, the guidelines, CDC guidelines, making sure uh, that you comply there. Two, I'd certainly wear my mask and make sure that I'm sanitized, right? But also making sure that I keep my distance because my health has to be important. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But Wilson, you got anything to, to tag on to that? Yeah, that, that, that was an old phrase. Uh, used some while ago, some time ago, when uh, ships had sailed uh -huh. in the face of <clears throat> uh, adversity or or thunder, the sailors would holler, uh, "Hold fast!" Mm. Uh, to to alert other ships of the adversity that was to come. Mm. So when they hollered hold fast, it simply means stay in your position. Mm. You know, even though even though trouble is on the way, stay in your position. Mm -hmm. In the face of adversity, stay in your position. Yeah. And that's one thing I would I would tell the uh senior citizens, senior saints, is to hold fast. You know, yeah. I think you mentioned something earlier, Brother Viltz. We have always talked about uh, faith and, and those kind of things. So now is actually time to put all those things we have talked about and preached about mm. to work. So now it's, it's it, we, we have, we 
uh, are leaving theology, and now we practice. We we in the practice. We it's practical now. Mm. And so you know, we God has to, you know, we. I think sometimes we have confined God to a, to a building, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why you know some people. I think the things with seniors are is this is that I, I one of you guys alluded to it earlier that all you know some some of them all they know is you know go to church go to church go to church and so now that privilege has been taken away mm -hmm. and so I think the main thing for most of them is that we make sure as the body of Christ that we stay connected, you know, with them and, and let them know that their service is still needed. You know, yeah. th there's nothing more encouraging for me. We have, I, I don't know if Frank is on the line, but he, he may be laughing. We have an old pioneer uh, Christian at Shade Acres. We only have a skeleton crew that, that conducts worship. And she she don't understand <laughs> that uh, you know she need to be home. Now we all have masks on. She don't want to even have. She don't wear her mask. But she just she she's just so programmed to driving to a building that she just she can't help herself. Yeah. And one of the elders told me <laughs> a few uh, months ago when the pandemic was first started, he said. He said, Brother Wilson, I don't want to be the one to tell her not to come. I said, well, yeah, you may, you may want to leave that one alone. <laughs> but she's programmed to be there. And so we need to let them know that, you know, that their, their service is still, is still needed. Uh, there are some scriptures I have here, but I don't know if time will allow me to read all of them. But uh, one thing I want to, to say in, in regards to those seniors is that, the same God that, that saves is mm -hmm. the same God that sustains. Mm -hmm. So they may be at high risk, but they have to understand that just like God brought them through World War II and all the other events that the world had to go through, it's the same God. Yeah. And he'll take them through this current pandemic as well. Amen. I said, and I, I agree with that uh, totally uh, on tonight. And I just want to, uh, bounce off of what you guys, some of the things you have said in uh, collaboration, but uh, I think uh, their service, as Brother Wilson alluded to, uh, is still needed, and then the encouragement uh, that we continue to give our senior citizens, uh, and Titus chapter 2 talks about the older men teach the younger men, the older women teach the younger women. The old seniors, they, I know at our congregation, as long as I've been there, they've really been the backbone of our congregation. They really have. Seniors are consistent. That's with everything. With their food, their meals, their medicines, their monies, I mean, you name it, they're consistent. On the certain days, certain times, they do things. And that's, they're consistent with that. Younger folk, they're not like that. Uh, but, but seniors are very, very consistent. And one of the things that I want seniors to know is that they serve as an anchor for other younger Christians in the church. When they see, we got a brother at our congregation, 82, 83. He's the oldest brother in the church. He comes every Sunday, he and his wife. He's there every Sunday. And uh, he got his mask on and uh, we practice CDC guidelines. We practice Hollywood guidelines. Uh, we got the, the sanitizing stations, the temperature check, uh, social distancing, mask on, mandatory, all of this stuff in place. But he and his wife, they're every, matter of fact, we got a number of seniors uh, that still 
that still attend service every Sunday, all right? So, so you know, those seniors are very much needed, you know, to serve as an example. And if you've been a Christian 40, 50 years, then that means you should have been building up faith for 30, 40, 50 years. And, and as Brother Wilson said something uh, that, you know, theology may, may be one thing, but then on the other end, it's, it's time to apply what you have been getting all of these years. Now it's time for you to practice what we've been preaching. You know, uh, it's easy to, 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 to preach when they ain't throwing apples and oranges at you. You see, but when they're throwing apples and oranges, you know, can you still preach? Will you still come preach? And, and seniors encourage everybody else, believe it or not. When you see an older man and an older woman doing something, you know, you're like, now, wait a minute, man. Now, how this 80-something-year-old person going to beat me down in the church? They're at a greater health risk than I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to allow that to happen. Uh, the last thing I want to make mention uh, is this, is, uh, and I think it's paramount. The Bible talks about when the Lord, when Jesus comes back, will he find faith yeah. on the earth? I think that's I think that's paramount because there are going to be some people, and I told Hollywood this, that we are going to lose in this pandemic. And uh, one of you guys said about the devil. The devil is working his magic. And some folk don't even see that it's affecting their decision. They don't even see it. And, and it brings my mind back to when the Lord was sent a strong delusion to mm -hmm. cause them to even to believe a lie. There are some things that are going on in the dark. I'm talking about the spiritual realm. Some people who are not spiritual, they're in the church, but they're not spiritual. They're missing it. And I would hate to have a seasoned citizen who has been in church 40, 50 years, lose his or her faith because of fear of COVID-19. How sad would that be to have somebody who served the Lord all of these years, but one virus comes to town and it runs away our faith out of Dodge. That would be a sad, sad moment in judgment for that Christian. So, so you seniors, uh, I hope that you were encouraged by these answers uh, tonight, but but Jack and but Wilson uh, on tonight, uh, brethren. This question. Real quick, here. can I can I ask something, that, brother Wilson? Oh yeah, sure. Most you definitely. Know, Job twelve twelve says, "Wisdom is with the aged men, mm. with long life is understanding." Oh yeah. You know, I I would venture to say, <laughs> I I believe, you know, this is my personal observation mm -hmm. that. I think the seniors got it. Yeah. I think the the the, the age group that don't have it is the younger generation. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think they got it. They they are just detached. Yeah, they, they are just detached from the uh the social media aspect, the vir the virtual aspect of worship because we can't, you know, most people are not at a building. But I, I think their foundation is strong enough to know as you alluded to we've been doing this for too long to jump off the boat now mm -hmm. but but they understand see a younger person hasn't been through enough yet to appreciate mm -hmm. what what what's going on now yeah. yeah you know so i would venture to say 
you know, it's, it, 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 it may be more difficult encouraging <laughs> this next group of people we're going to talk about yeah. than our seniors. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And, and, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, this question how to encourage our seasoned citizens to stay strong against COVID-19. Uh, you know, COVID-19 is out here, right? COVID-19 is real. But y'all, but, but they still have some other stuff that's out here. Hmm. You know, COVID is not the only thing. I heard you guys talking earlier about diabetes. <laughs> diabetes is out there. Yeah. High blood pressure is real. Is real right? Uh, uh, when influenza gonna come around. Hmm. Back in the 80s, when AIDS came, it didn't stop folk from doing what they were doing. Ebola didn't keep you home. Anthrax, y'all follow what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, it, it's, you know, and I think one of the things uh, that we need to also tell the seniors, everybody really, but the seniors, is that you cannot take God out of the equation. You can't take God out of the equation. The Bible says, Hebrews 9, 27, and a number of people, is, is, is especially seniors, they're afraid of the ventilator, they're afraid of death. The Bible says it is appointed it is upon it. It is upon it. Under man wants to die. You cannot take God out of the equation. Just because somebody might just catch COVID-19 does not mean that's your appointment to die. There are, you know, there are more folk who catch COVID-19 who are alive than more folk who catch it and die. <laughs> so you cannot take God. My point is, you cannot say, I'm afraid of coming out of my house because I'm going to catch COVID-19. If your appointment is with COVID-19, it'll catch you at the Walmart, it'll catch you at the bathroom. You follow what I'm saying? So, so what, I, what I'm trying to make mention is COVID-19, uh, if it's an appointment by the Lord, it's going to happen one way or another. Your granddaughter is going to come, right? Could bring it to the crib. It could come through the water pipes. It could come through the vent. And all I'm saying is, is what you guys have said. We gotta walk by faith and not by fear. If we've been walking with God for all of these years, then why, why now stay back? No, 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 we gonna practice what we've been practicing all along. I got a good friend of mine, brother O.L. Smith, one of my brother-in-laws, and I just gotta share it with you because it is a senior moment, if you don't mind. <laughs> His grandmother, this is a real story. His grandmother is a member uh, of the church uh, over there in North Louisiana. And uh, she's 94 years old. They call her Medea. She's 94 years old. Sister Medea is still coming to church, 94 years old. Sister Medea, don't, don't wear no mask. It's like the sister at, at uh, Shady Acres. She don't want to wear no mask. And, and look what she told her family. She says, I've been, I've been living for 94 years. I'm on the back end of my life. <laughs> mm. What in the world, what in the world I'm afraid of now? I'm sitting on the porch. You follow what I'm saying? I'm in the Lord. It's better to die. It's a gain when you die. If you live, it's, it's Christ. So it seemed to me, whichever way it is, it's all good. It's all good because you're in Christ or you're gaining Christ on the other end. So uh, that's, uh, now those two questions might've been just a little easy <laughs> for you guys. Uh, now this one here is going to be one to tap. Yeah. Uh, because uh, 
there's the there's the uh the baby boomers y'all heard of them right there's the uh generation x and uh and i think that's us and then there's the millennials and then they got x and then they got they got i mean y and they got z you don't want to talk about them but that's another story x and z uh y and z rather but millennials how to reach a millennial generation and some people say brother jack and brother wilson that millennials do not think when they do stuff they just move i don't know how true that is uh but but uh they don't have any any feelings so uh they they don't want to commit to nothing and and those types of things the millennial how do we deal with this this group and as I stated earlier, the two questions might have been easier. The first two, this one might just be a little bit difficult uh, to handle. But but here it is. I put it. I put it in your lap. How to reach a millennial uh, generation? Um, well, the first thing I would say is uh, you got to get some wisdom. Uh, James one verse five. Got to have wisdom because you got to understand uh, the makeup of a generation such as our millennials. You got to. You got to have some, some, uh, some, some understanding. So wisdom is the principal thing as Proverbs uh, talks about in uh, chapter four and verse seven, it says that wisdom, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get it. What you're gonna do with the wisdom, you need the understanding. And so we've got to get the wisdom from God, understand the wisdom, understand uh, their needs, understand their cries, understand uh, where they're coming from because they are very beneficial right. to the church. Very beneficial. They are thinkers, contrary to what said about them. They are thinkers. That's the problem. They mm -hmm. think too much. And we've got to hone in that thinking and we've got to hone in the thoughts uh, that they have and we've got to show them their usefulness, that they're not outdated, that they're not dealing with, uh, a, a, they're not dealing with religion as if it's antiquated and outdated. God's word is for all time, for all people. Mm -hmm. And so the, their usefulness has to be brought in in such a way that it's utilized. And what a great time to be able to use millennials now. And I'm speaking of those in the church, obviously, but they could be of use. Everybody don't know how to use Zoom, right? But the millennials do. And we can, we can capitalize on their experience, their knowledge, and help our seniors along. And both can be encouraged because a senior, uh, some seniors may still have flip phones, and I don't mean any harm by that, but that just might be the case. You may have flip phones. And, and, and you know, and you're not uh, tech savvy, but once, you, once a, uh, the millennial comes along and helps the senior out, the senior feels confident right feels confident so i would say understanding is necessary i would i would also uh mention not to neglect them not to neglect them you know by principle obviously this is a different context but in acts chapter 6 beginning with verse 1 there was a problem mm -hmm. in acts chapter 6 grecian widows they were being neglected but the uh but the work had to go on the preaching had to go on so there couldn't be some pulling away of god's preachers to wait tables 
But the first thing that I like about that, Brother Viltz, is they identified the problem. There was neglect. Uh -huh. Too often times there's neglect among our millennials and we don't utilize them. So they, they identified a problem. But then there was a solution. And the beautiful thing about the solution was that the people, the church, got involved in that process to solve that problem. And then you notice after the problem, people getting involved, then there was, it produced results. Right. It selected people that were qualified, and that's another thing. You got to have people who are qualified who know how to deal with millennials. Everybody can't. Get the ones that connect with them, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can produce the results. So, so we need some understanding. We need some wisdom. We've got to identify their usefulness, and then we've got to we've got to work with them and put them in place. Now, if they're outside of Christ, mm -hmm. if they're outside of Christ, then uh, we've got to realize that we can reach them through media like this, right? Because they're on their phones, they're they're on social media, they're texting. They don't talk now. They just text each other. Instead of speaking like we speak normally and communicate like everything is done through text. And then there's a narcissistic aspect of it as well. See, because we've told them so much how good they are and how great they are. So now they think they are great. So when somebody comes along and tells them they're not as, so, as great as they think they are, they have a problem with that. See? Yep. So we, we've got to identify who we're dealing with. And then we've got to reach them. The gospel is for all. It's a yep. net, according to Matthew chapter uh, uh, 13, the par parable that's given there in verse 47. It's a net, and yep. it brings everyone in. The millennials are brought in that net as well. Yeah, They're brought in as well. But we've got to know how to reach them. Amen, Brother Jack. We appreciate that so very much. Brother Wilson, you got anything to add on to what Brother Jack has already uh, graciously shared with us on tonight? Yeah, I think millennials get a bad rap. <laughs> they are a, a very uh, nuanced group. But at the same time, you know, they're still people. Yeah. And the difference in how they see and baby boomers uh, the, the difference is is what is what they see and what baby boomers see, and any other generation for that matter. So if you think about it, roughly from the ages of 21 to 39, that's a relatively large gap. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's some young and there are some old. And I would I would I think it's safe to say that a 35 year old doesn't think like a 25 year old well i know I, at least i didn't 10 years i you know life taught me a whole lot in 10 years but <clears throat> there's a difference in 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 what they see and what the older generations see now mm -hmm. if you if you see jesus as a carpenter mm -hmm. then he can fix your house if you see jesus as a savior, then he can fix your world. Mm -hmm. And I think the gap there is uh, chin, and, chin and key <laughs> is that they, they, 
the, the disconnect rather is, well, let, let me just tell you this, because I don't know if we're going to have time to, 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 to chop all this up, but there's a, in, in context, there's, there's a difference between, and I, I don't mean to be, you know, technical or condescending, whatever words you want to use, but mm -hmm. there's a difference between uh, a black millennial and millennials of different of, of different uh, ethnicities. See, a white a white millennial and a black millennial is too different. Is too different because they see a, a black a, a black millennial sees the world from a different paradigm, mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe the majority of of white millennials. And so <clears throat> we have to be careful to bridge the gap. In the in in the church, because what we have done is instead of trying to incorporate them, we have alienated them. Mm -hmm. And see, I've, I've I watched this, brother Viltz. I think I don't know if we had this conversation or not, but there's this this uh, large movement going on in in our area where we come from. And I have seen more of us, young black African-American millennials, leave to uh, the traditional religion as we know it and go and worship with a mega white church. <clears throat> now audience don't, just, just stay on the line. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make a point here. And I think the reason they do it, and I've heard it said, as a matter of fact, I had when I was in Ville Plant, I've I've had a member to leave and worship with this uh, certain mega church. And what I what I was told is 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 different. Mm -hmm. It's different, right? And so I said, well, "What you what 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 do you mean different?" Well, you know, all the all the the uh, the flash and mm -hmm. Uh, the pageantry that goes along while while you're in worship, they don't have they, they don't have uh, grandma one breathing down their neck asking them why why they're wearing you know why the dress so high and you know right. when, when when you're gonna get involved in ministry all they do there is they show up and they leave and so to them it's not as messy mm -hmm. <laughs> quote unquote as 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 the, uh, the traditional yeah. uh, church, but the, here the problem is that they have the same problems. Is that they are not privy to know what's going on. So to them, they just seeing, hey, I'm I'm going to church. Uh, I like it. We don't stay all all day, and I'm out of there. Right. So it's different. So what we have to get back to doing in in our context is learn how to be authentic. Then watch this, guys. We have preached so long, and this is a, this, this area I'm very passionate about because I, I see what's going on with mm -hmm. them, and I see where, where the church has failed. See, we have, and I often tell people, anytime God gives me a stage, I, I tell them, you know, about the things I've done before. You're looking at a guy in a suit and tie, and, you know, the wife and the kids and all the other stuff that God 
blessed me with, but I'm saying you don't know the back story of all that stuff. You know, and they have more respect for you when, when you can, when, when you are, are, are authentic with them. And so for so long, we've preached about the blood of Christ, you know, and, and, and what to do and what not to do, but we have not showed them our scars. See, they want to know that they are worshiping with some people that is just like them. And what Big Mama has done and Big Daddy has done over the years is they have forgotten that the same thing the millennials do, they used to do. They just can't do it anymore. Uh, amen, amen, somebody. You yeah. know, and so we need, we need to get back to being, and that's one, and I'll turn it back over to Brother Jack. That's just, just one of the things that we can do is, is, is be authentic. They want to know that they are not going to church with some people that, quote, unquote, is perfect, mm -hmm. that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right. Right. The, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's outstanding. But Wilson, I appreciate uh, those comments. A lot of uh, avenues, a lot of windows were opened up uh, on that, on what you and Brother Jack said. Uh, and, and one of the thing is, is that uh, there's a disconnect, uh, you know, between the church seniors versus the younger generations, or should I say. Uh, and about five years ago, we did a, a, a panel uh, at, at Hollywood and we had different age groups come up and had them share uh, what they would like to see in the church from their personal point of view and from their paradigm. And, uh, and I did that uh, because to show the church that everybody is useful uh, in the kingdom of God, uh, you may not, uh, the message never changes. The message never changes. I wanna make that clear. But your methods must change. Your methods must change. Matter of fact, over in the 50s and the 60s, the Church of Christ was one of the largest, or one of the fastest, rather, growing religion, should I say, and not using the denominational faith. It was one of the fastest faith growing in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, now, you cannot use the same approach that they used in the 50s and the 60s in 2020. It's not going to work. Now, will it be effective? Some, yes. We're not saying it's ineffective, but it's not going to work as strong as it did in the 50s and the 60s. Why? Because you have a different era. You have a different time period, different generation. So every generation that comes behind one generation, they see that see thing in their own light and from their own paradigm. And so one of the things we got to do is use our millennials. We have to make opportunity, create avenues to hear them voice their opinion. We have to create avenues for them to lead. Yes, I said lead. Uh, they must. They may. They need to lead in certain areas. Put them over certain ministries. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the guy who's doing what we're doing right now, uh, Brother Kemp, that's one of the guys who deal with the tech, uh, the IT at the church. He's a millennial. So if you don't use those guys, you will lose some of those guys, as Brother Wilson says, to other denominational faiths rather, and not deep faith, different than the faith. So we have to be. We have to make sure two things happen in the church. There is a continual teaching of what the doctrine is and build their foundation, build those millennials' foundation, even generation Y that's coming, that's coming behind them. Uh, that's my, my folk at my house, generation Z that's coming behind them. You got, to in, you got to indoctrinate them. They got to know what the doctrine is because some of them never been indoctrinated. 
uh, they don't have no foundation. They're just in there. So you got to give them a foundation. You got to build on it. You got you to teach them the doctrine. You have to use them before you lose them. You have to make them feel like they are a part of what we have going on over here. In other words, make them part of the team. What is Team Tuskegee, Team Shady Acres, or Team Hollywood? They must feel, hey, am I part of the team? And that's what they want to know. When I speak, do y'all really hear me? You know, uh, and, and those things. So, so I, I agree uh, on that so very much. Uh, brothers, we, uh, we stay within the, pretty much the hour time uh, on tonight. Uh, just want to give you guys the opportunity uh, to say any closing uh, thoughts, any closing uh, remarks uh, on tonight. Brother Wilson, Brother Jack. Well, let me again uh, say that it was it was a joy to be with you guys tonight, and we uh, pray that <clears throat> this conversation has helped those who uh, are here with us and those who will listen in the days to come. And you know, I, I really believe, Brother Bills, that the church need needs more of of, of conversation uh, to be able to be effective in reaching number one millennials and the generations to come, you know, after. I, I think that we <clears throat> have, have neglected our duty when it comes to uh, understanding the dynamics between generations. Mm -hmm. And I think we can establish the fact that if most, if most of our seniors leave our congregations, then we probably <laughs> we probably gonna be you know struggling to, to keep the doors open. Yeah. And that's because I think we have struggled, you know, reaching those those younger generations based on I mean you 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 took my nose right off of the right off the pad based on the methods that we have used, you know, yeah. old and outdated. It just doesn't work anymore. So we have to be open to change and and to, to new things and be able to reach those people that that otherwise would not have been reached so uh thank yep. you for the invite and it was good to i'm like pete on the mount of transfiguration it's, it's good for us to be here yes sir. <laughs> amen amen appreciate that brother wilson brother jack yeah brother Viltz, i just want to say uh it's been a blessing to be with both of you tonight from the plat where it's at and it's just been a joy <laughs> Uh, to sharing God's word. I will encourage each and every one that's listening uh, to investigate more the word. We we came from a different uh, we came from a different direction tonight. We didn't we didn't get to deal with doctrine, but doctrine is always paramount. Doctrine is and brother uh, brother Viltz uh, mentioned that doctrine is always paramount. If you don't abide in the doctrine, you don't have God. The Church of Christ will always be right. It is the only one. Right. What we have to do, though, is we've got to listen. And I hope tonight, I hope they were listening. I hope, I hope you were listening. And I, because that's where communication and dialogue takes place. We've got to listen. We've got to hear the cries. And then we've got to respond to what we hear. So I commend you on uh, having this platform such as this. And certainly want to thank Brother Kemp and the uh, elders there at the Hollywood Street Church of Christ for all you do. Thank you so much for this opportunity. May we all be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Listening is the key. You might have a diagnostic 
and you might use a machine, but we're from the plant. The mechanics we grew up with, they didn't have a diagnostic machine. They listened to what the car was doing, and then they they worked it. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. Well, that's right, though. That's right. That's, that's right, man. I, I appreciate that. Uh, 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 you know, have you ever had a car that valves is valves is loose? Uh, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. On that. Um, no machine. Job tonight, but somebody say something. I'm sorry. No machine. No machine. No machine Built-in machine. And uh, tonight we just appreciate it so much. Uh, but Wilson has done a phenomenal job. But Jack has done a phenomenal job tonight. And uh, uh, I just want to close with what they said uh, on tonight. Uh, with that is, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's there's never one way. Uh, to do something, you know, we can do it. Uh, some things the millennial way. We can do some things seasoned citizens way. We can do some things mid uh mid age. You know, everybody has uh, a way of doing stuff. So we have to just bring those things together, collaborate them together, and uh, make it work because we're all part of the same team, and everybody is equally important. So uh, tonight, uh, brothers, we're gonna close out with with this. Uh, it's been good. Uh, last night had strong runners. Uh, tonight we had uh, two strong runners uh, tonight, and uh, y'all passing it on to uh, two other strong runners that's going to uh, close it out tomorrow night. Uh, and that of uh, our own brother John Brown going to stand in for brother uh, Smith uh, on uh, tomorrow night. We can't wait for that. Uh, but John, uh, we're looking forward. He's going to do a, a extraordinary job. Uh, and then uh, brother Olu Jihad Shabazz. Uh, from Harlem, New York, is going to be the other panelists on tomorrow night. So we invite you to come in, tune in, 7 o'clock, and uh, we promise you we won't keep you too long. And uh, just had a blessed time tonight. Again, thank you to our panelists, and uh, we want to close out tonight uh, in that of a word of prayer. Thanks to Brother Kemp uh, and all that he is doing for this congregation. Uh, also, Brother Tyler Tobit, who works with him in the sound room on Sunday morning. Again, shall we close out uh, in a word of prayer. Our God, our Father, we say thank you tonight for what has taken place. We thank you that you have equipped and prepared your men to, to speak on tonight. We ask a special blessing upon Brother Wilson, Father, please, his family, please, Brother Jack and his family, please, Father. The churches where they are, bless them, bless their work. Father, we ask that you would be with the church at Hollywood, that you continue to bless us. We pray, Father, that the things that were said tonight will encourage the saints, not only here in Baton Rouge, but all those who was viewing tonight. Strengthen us, build us, bless us to walk in faith and not in fear, trusting that God is going to take care and provide. Father, forgive us please for our sins. Continue to bless us, continue to keep us. Those who are not members of the Lord's church, bless them to have open hearts to receive and as Brother Jack said, to investigate more about the Church of Christ. Father, we thank you for all of our uh, men who was a part of what we have here tonight. Uh, continue to bless Brother Kemp with the mind and the strength, physically and spiritually, that he can continue to do what he does for the Lord. Father, continue to bless us and continue to keep us. Bless tomorrow night that all things be glorified because of God and to God. This is the prayer we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Let the saints of God say, 
Amen. 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 All right. But Jack, but uh, Wilson, man, 